0: Diana and Tasneem to please come at the front. So this is the first panel that we have. After the panel speakers, we will have a question and answer period. And then we will go on a small short 10 minute break and then continue to the second panel
1: en français, donc euh, on va les écouter, chaque, chaque, vous avez 15 minutes, 15 minutes, <rire> oui, 15 bonnes minutes. Alors après cela, on va nous accorder une petite période de questions,
0: et bon, après ça va être un petit break pour enfin avoir le deuxième panel. So we would like to invite uh, Marlene Hale as the first speaker. Just to give a background of her uh, personal uh, biography, Marlene Hale was born in Smithers, BC. Her childhood nickname in Wet'suwet'en is Malu. Malu, yeah. Malu. One of 15 children, seven girls, and eight boys. Malu learned to cook at a young age. Bannock bread was made daily in a huge baking pan that her mother, Lucy Rose, virgin still treasures. The family ate lots of salmon and wild game, cultivated a garden and supplemented their diet by gathering wild fruits and berries. It was an active life, the salmon runs in the spring and summer are a time of hard work and feasting. Wet'suwet'en men harvest salmon from the Buckley River while the women and girls work together to preserve most of the catch by canning and smoking it. There are feasts to prepare with huge pots of salmon, soup simmering, and the aroma of baking bannock wafting to the air. Maru loved all, loved all this activity. And her interest in cooking became a passion. She decided to become a chef. She studied at Vancouver Community College, later participated in the chef exchange program in Hungary and in England at the Savoy Hotel and worked in many professional kitchens before opening her own catering business, specializing in West Coast First Nations cuisine. Apart from catering, she also teaches and speaks in First Nations organizations on childhood obesity and diabetes conditions directly affected by diet. She has worked with a group of First Nations people who are HIV, AIDS positive, emphasizing shopping and preparing nutritious meals on a limited budget as a way to strengthen the immune system, as well as tending and harvesting, alongside tribal elders, an Aboriginal community garden, which has been a healing experience for her students. In 2012, Marlene moved to St. Anne de Bellevue. She teaches culture and cuisine, caters and offers workshops with universities, schools, public parks, indigenous art galleries, and First Nations organizations, such as Native Montreal. Not always politically active, all that changed with the RCMP's violent raid on an anti-pipeline camp on the Wet'suwet'en territory early this year. About that day, 7th January, when 14 people were arrested at the Gidimintan camp in British Columbia, Hale says, I was just innocently making bannock and serving it, and all of a sudden the world just changes on a dime. As Hale sees it, the Wet'suwet'en hereditary chiefs are the decision makers on their land. Their consent matters, as demonstrated repeatedly in the Supreme Court. Yet the government makes makers makes agreements with the federal band councils. For a Hale now, suddenly everybody knows that I'm the only Wet'suwet'en in Quebec. Please welcome Arlene Hale.
1: (laughs) Okay, Alice. Come behind me, Anna. Can everyone hear me in the back? It's okay? Denise, Denisee, Zakuzee. Ladies and gentlemen, and distinguished guests, my name is Marlene Hale, and I'm from the Wet'suwet'en Nation. First of all, I would like to thank the Mohawk Nation for allowing me to speak on their land today. I'd also like to thank the ladies for inviting me, uh, Marie Boti, and back here. Thank you, Marie, for inviting me, and also Dolores Chu and uh, the It's it's wonderful being now for a part of Women for a Change. I've been just doing many things with children and uh, elders and chiefs, and now it's time to do something with women today. Behind me is, uh, you've seen the the video, that plate. I have lived here since in, in Montreal since 2012. I come from Vancouver. I've lived there most of my life. When I first came here, it was one of the biggest first things for me to learn was to do, speak French. I did, de français et j'ai tondé la cinq mois. J'ai pratiqué les enfants. les en français. So j'ai pratiqué tous les jours. So I'm still practicing, and I'm still a student. A lot of the things that I do to teach uh, is my culture. And also the uh, the cooking of, of my nation, which is first West Coast uh, cuisine. So coming from the West Coast, I would had to do a lot of changes when I came here. One of the biggest changes was to change my my plan, my menu. I'm used to we're the salmon people. We did a lot of wild uh, wild sockeye salmon. We did all the the wild games, the wild teas, everything that comes from our territories. That what I, I've is a lot of things that I uh, teach. Behind me here, first of all, I want to introduce you to this little beauty who's who's holding up my sign. (laughs) (laughs) Her name is Alice, and she was behind me when I spoke to Prime Minister Trudeau. Yeah, give her a big (laughs) hand. That day when uh, I had did, tr- I did try to go see him three days earlier than that in, uh, where was it, <coughs> three days earlier in another town when he was doing all the town meetings A- in Sherbrooke, Quebec, and we- I wasn't able to get in. Uh, they ju- they just made it, to- I-, I don't know, some- somehow they must have heard that the suit and it was in the air, don't let her in. <laughs> Two days later, we just got onto the computer, found that he's going to be in uh, St. Hyacinth, and that's where we, I, I got an invite about two in the morning, and somehow when the government gives you uh, a let go that you're going to be invited, they put it in your spam mail. You have to look for, it there anything the government sends you, it's always in spam. <laughs> and what, I, what what we had done is there was five of us traveling there, I wasn't sure if I was going to be the one chosen to pick to, to ask the questions of the Prime Minister because he, he's got different sections and also in the audience was uh, about 20, All we, we're all very well aware of the yellow vests and who they are and what they stand for and, and they were heckling a lot of the immigrants and a lot of the questions and whatnot. I feared that the same thing would happen to me. But when he came somehow to the, turned around to the last corner, he was trying to get away from a lady's uh, voice or something like that. Just turned around, and I was just right in his vision. Thankfully, because I was the second to the last person uh, being getting to have my chance to speak with him, Alice. We had planned it that halfway on my talk to him, she would put up the banner. He thought. I came all the way from the Watsuit Nation to see him. I said, no, je vis Montréal. I live here. I didn't come all the way from that. You know, you're you're important, but... (laughs) (laughs) But, so I was very appreciative of one thing of of Prime Minister uh, Trudeau that he did show very well respect. I know that three days earlier, when some people did come up and ask him if he was speaking in, in English, he answered, in French, you're in Quebec. I'm thinking, okay, I was, I was uh, prepared, I was prepared both for French and also English. At the last minute, everybody said, just go with your heart, my heart's in English. So um, he didn't tout and neither did they, so I was grateful for the questions. He did show... Um, respect for the questions that I did ask and, of course, when the biggest top, the top question was the RCMP. He did mention to me that uh, on this that they did do a big mistake, but my question to him is who gave the order? Who gave the order to 14 people standing on their own land to be arrested only the day before. Uh, when it was it G- January the 7th, my sisters and all the elders, people, children, were all up at Unistoten and in Watsudin Camp. They were all up in Gidim Dam, with where Molly Wickham, as you heard her name, she was she was the one of the 14 uh, arrested in Gidim Dam when the, the, the RCMP took it down. And when she was was the day before that was the seventh I got a call from my sister and she was very worried for my people our people she said I I don't know I don't understand she said there's she's right across from the the hotel uh, and she could see this (coughs) huge big bus and on the bus was about 125 RCMP and she said they didn't just have rifles they had like assault rifles they were they didn't look very friendly at all. They had these special machines, they didn't know what they were going to be doing with those. They had, um, they were on, on uh, snowmobiles on the outside coming in so they they would have all areas, no access in or out. And I asked her, I hope the children and the elders were out, they said yes, all but one. One elder did get arrested, but she was later released. And. We all seen what has transpired the day after was when the world stood solidarity with the Watsuitan nation. When that happened, um, I was catering in the morning to uh, one of the the colleges, and I was invited to go to the rally. Uh, Because it was the Watsuitan, I happened to be the only Watsuitan in Quebec. And um, I went. I spoke. I, I drummed, as you see. And I didn't realize that there was going to be 14 cameras in my face, and I I went back and finished my catering job, and then after that, about seven o'clock, I didn't realize that Marlene Hale went viral, and now suddenly, like my life has ever since then, of course, is not ever going to be the same. In one of, what what Alice is showing today is. This is just a page out of our history book, which is the Witsuitin history book. In the history book, we have all what the elders say. Before most of them passed away in the last but before they were writing this book five years ago, they had been interviewing a good majority of the the elders, their stories and um, compiled um, many things that happened. This this elder, for instance, she was, she was 95 when she passed on. She's pretty much about the one that they utilized over and over again. Because her father, her father, they all lived on the land since the 1800s. This is not, it, it wasn't just our land, just since yesterday, it was thousands of years ago that Wet'suwet'en Nation has been taken part in our, in our history. And she ta- talks about on this page, uh, for example, that when her father's father first came on here, he had the, the white men would come on, and he allowed them to go hunting on our territory. They had to tie up their dogs. They had to be respectful. They were very respectful. They were good neighbours. They got along very well with all their, their, their people. It's not like neighbours were just across the street like we have addresses. Their neighbours were hundreds of miles away. From one town you to see where down and Unistoten stands, in her time, when she was, was tra- they were trapping, they, they did, um, when they were hunting, they would go get their supplies, so f- say from uh, what would take us an hour to go get our, our groceries, it would take her a week by horse and buggy. And when she was, was, was there, uh, she was asking um, her dad and she could stop off one day at their famous uh, farmer's place because he, she just loved this one farmer and she she jumped jumped up she was 6 years old and she jumped out of the, the 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 buggy and she ran up to the door and when the door opened was a black man and she'd never seen a black man in her life and she went running back and, and hit her, for her under the blanket and he said it's okay it's okay it's like explaining what this was the situation was about and suddenly she had a white person to relate to, now she had a black person to relate to. And she, she had really good communications with, you know, as a six-year-old, already at that time living way, way out. Wet'suwet'en Nation is 22,000 kilometers. It's a big nation. And when you look on the, on the map of northern BC and you look at it, it, it spans quite a ways. It's got 13 uh, house hereditary chiefs with it. We have five clans. I'm one of the clans, and I'm from the little frog clan, and this is what sits on my hat today. And the frog, as you see, it's on my jacket, it's on my logos, it's everything that I hold my nation very strongly. My culture is very important to me, and I have been teaching it for years. I teach it through the food that people eat. I teach it, when I'm with little children, we talk through Bannock, like you'll have some samples today. And when you were with the little kids today, I would sing songs with them, teaching them our songs, our letters, our words. They would repeat after me. They'd repeat after me, and they'd repeat it. And she would do this with her children. When she was always talking about her land, her culture, the vegetation, the hunting, everything else, it's what we had today. In her time, she never, did, she never knew what disease was all about. She didn't really, they never heard the word cancer. That was new in our lifetime. They had many other diseases, yes, but typhoid fever and many other things, but cancer was not a specialty in, in her days. When she's talking about the the Euro the Can, Euro Canadian, uh, when they first came, and some of our language today, the Wet'suwet'en language, you will see Lasuk Lasal, it was introduced by the priests when they came, and this lady, her name was Lucy Rose Verrigan. Her name was Guhe. She's my mother. When I, was, when I was eight years old, six years old, I would always be behind her trying to, you know, to, to cook and she would have to eventually hide the flour way up there because I couldn't reach it and um, it, it never stayed away from me and she'd always call me, you crazy little pants, you like, you know, that's Malouf and that's what Malouf means, I still carry it with me. I'm, I'm not a crazy chef but it just happens to be my name. <laughs> When all of this changed on the 7th of, of January, going from what we have, the Unistotan camp itself is, is the most pristine, beautiful area in northern British Columbia. The two people that were the land title holders on, on it were the caregivers, what we call the stewards of the land. Frida Hewson is, still remains there. She has not been arrested. They have not gone into Unistoten. I think the, the reason is because the, the 14 people that were arrested don't know, they still don't know today what they're going to be charged with. How could you charge somebody being on your own land? And it set a big precedent through the whole world. January the 7th, we were not sure if this word was ever going to get out. It is out now. It's, uh, it, it, it went viral to all, the whole world. It's, it's the, the Guardian news, newspaper, the Guardian uh, magazine, 48, 7 million viewers. Avaz is another one, a really huge one that put a big story that Trudeau is in big trouble with the First Nations people. When, he first, when I first asked him, when APTN asked me what was my thing on Trudeau, I just said, you know, he sold us out. He sold us out. We were there behind the, the the liberals, totally the First Nations people all across Canada, thinking that we have somebody behind us. Finally, he 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 took a lot of our our gar, garbs from the chiefs, sat down at the table, ate our food, spoke to our nations. When it came down to the oil and the pipeline, we felt that we just got we were sold out for for next to nothing, because I have now changed the tide of my table and my life, my culture has always been important to me. My people have always been important to me. She's one of the biggest reasons. My grandmother, my great aunts, my uncles, they all have got a lot of stories and things that they've done. My uncles, when they would go hunting on there, they knew every rock. They knew every tree. They knew the lakes. They knew the fish when we were going to get it. Four years, we're going to be no salmon because we have to let the stocks up. They would let us make sure that we appreciate everything that we got. They, they also, the, the hereditary chiefs always say to you, when you leave, you come back. Don't forget who you are. Don't forget where you came from. Respect your elders. Respect the culture that you have. Because for the rest of your life, all of the, the traditions that are going to go will never die because you must talk about it. And you have to, be, to carry on the word, the knowledge, that you have been given by them. I carry the knowledge. I pass it on to the younger ones, the older ones, the elders, the students. I was just at a conference in Ottawa um, two weeks ago, and it was the Power Shift Young and Rising. I love you kids. What a beautiful, well-organized conference it was on the climate change of today. I really applaud them for... I asked most of them. From you take your age. You're 30 years old. Where's 12? You add 12 to your age. If you're 30, you're going to be 42 years old. That is, if we don't snap out of it and do something about the climate change, we're going to go one degree warmer in this in this world. Thank you. And so I've just been told I got three minutes. Um, and when 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 the changes come in what my message to everyone was after all of this the pipelines and everything else what is going to happen to the people who don't understand what the pipelines are really going to do i was just sent a uh, a powerpoint presentation by the hereditary, Chief, hereditary chiefs office and it was a very diverse uh, look at what it is going to be like in this world if we do allow those pipelines. The pristine valleys that we have, the rivers, the lakes, the, the, our fish, our berries, everything that they have strived and worked for is going to be gone. And they, we, sh- we saw it on a map just uh, two days ago exactly where through the mountains and everything else where the pipelines are going to go. And I have just got the, the, to change the message to a lot we're doing to to, to demonstrate to each other to when we go home today, to making sure that we do our part individually. And you do it from your own garbage. No more styrofoam. And, you know, do the plastics and take care of it and talk to your children and join groups like we have today so we get the knowledge and everything else out. The word is very important. Women today have got a role, it's a very special role. We're mothers, we're daughters, we're sisters, we're aunts, and we're grandmothers. We have little ones for the next generation that we owe it to them. I really feel that the, the, the message is, is sort of running out. And I find that today with people that, are, uh, that I, f- I feel sorry for them because I said basically you're just living under a rock. You're not, you don't know what it's like to pick up a newspaper, look at a, new, uh, a newspaper print, or to find exactly what is going on in today's society. It's very scary. Climate change has got to ha- happen, and it's got to happen fast. Women are, we, we've got a huge role, and I, I respectfully love to see a lot of the faces uh, of you today. The, the, the song that you just did demonstrates, you know, it all comes from your heart, your soul and you carry that on from your grandmothers. And you're you're putting it there for the future. And I can see it just by looking at the little clip of a video how important we all are, women together, the diversity of it all. I thank you very much for listening.